I love you, Fitz. Come on, man. It's all love. We're all good. I said you're a receiver. Come on, that's true love right there. <laughs> you forwarded the free receiver? You Not bought. just any receiver. <laughs> yeah, let's not get technical, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> This is the RC Roundtable, a casual discussion about all aspects of flying model airplanes. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the show. Tonight, Terry tells a dirty joke. <laughs> Lee fakes an accent. And I say a bad pun. <laughs> Blimey! <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> I should like to know what, what's wrong with Fitz these days. <laughs> he doesn't seem to be all there. <laughs> I'm never all there. I don't think that move has... Uh... That's what she said. <laughs> oh, but I bumped you. <laughs> There's the there we go. All right, I fulfilled my quota. <laughs> it's a full circle. <laughs> yeah, we're off to a good start. <laughs> Actually, let's say we're off to a huge start. And speaking of huge, you guys see that uh -oh. Phoenix model, the Lysander. Oh, speaking right. of, yeah, of holy huge. moly, yeah, for an ARF too. Yeah, I saw a picture of it. They were hanging. They hung it from the ceiling at the. Uh, uh, hello, why am I forgetting the name of the event that's going on right now? Help me, guys. Toledo. Thank you, Toledo. Weak signals. Weak did signals. The, Thank did you. The, did the ceiling fall in after they hung it? <laughs> I don't know, but it's it's hanging there. Huge plane. This thing's at what? So this is the Phoenix Models Lysander. Yes. Which we've talked about before, but this is a bigger, much, much bigger version. With the same ugly pilot. <laughs> but that's just me. By big, we mean like, what it was it, like 120 something inch? 126 100. inch wingspan. Yeah. Yeah, that's Which wild. takes about, what, uh, 30 049 motors? <laughs> <laughs> All in one gearbox? <laughs> It's 60-something uh, cc, I believe. Uh, yeah, I think it says 50, 60 cc. Yeah. No, 30 to 50, right? Yeah, it says 61 in their video. I don't know what they advertised to, to sell it with. Yeah, uh, big, it's a big, big old 26-inch prop. Yeah, they said 50 to 60 cc or an electric, uh, a 50 cc electric motor with up to 16 cells. Nice. Yeah, now you're playing with power. I'm not sure I've ever seen an electric that large. I know they make them, but I don't believe I've seen one in person. Oh, correction, 15 S, not 16. But oh, well, yeah, it's silly, yeah, 15 yeah, S yeah. on that. That's true. Electric, clearly that many. I don't think I've seen. Yeah, I've I've done uh, 12 cell is the largest I've ever done for electric. And how big was the airplane? That was a 80 inch uh, zero. Okay. So this is half again bigger. No, not quite. I'm not good at math. <laughs> he lied. Yeah. Saying you're not good at math is like saying water's not wet. Well, I'm not good at doing math in my head. In his head, yeah. yeah. I need paper. Uh, what was the question? And an abacus. What, how much bigger is it from the, the one we reviewed? What? Reviewed? Discussed. Commented uh, upon. Hello. 30, 30 inches more wingspan? 
I'm confused. You know, I don't think the listeners care. It's a big old honking plane. And if you got <laughs> 600 bucks, it can be yours. <laughs> is it five something? 549. Which doesn't seem out of line for an airplane this size and an ARF. It's an ARF. It's 126. It's 10 feet wingspan. And it's unique. Just like we said before, that wing, it's all crazy. No two ribs are alike, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Typical British uh, World War II construction. <laughs> Let's make this thing as most complicated as we can and try to mass produce it. Right. One criticism I have of this model, and I hope you guys agree with me on this one. I've been, I haven't asked you guys this yet. I mean, maybe I did. I mean, a criticism I, from Lee. I, I held this back. <laughs> I'm all the flutter. We all what liked the Lysander. The one thing I didn't like about the earlier one was the the pilot. That was just me. But what kind of bothered me with this announcement is that they didn't make it camo. They already had the silver, you know, in the smaller version. I wish this one was the camo version. I would have liked that, and I just wish they had gone with a different scheme, as as well as going a different size. Yeah, that's a good point. I wonder. <gasps> you uh, wonder. <laughs> yes, and all my expertise on Wanda. Wanda. I, I wonder. I wonder. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Again with the fake accents. Fish called Wanda. <laughs> John Cleese, come on. Wanda. I wonder. What do you who, wonder, Terry? Who wrote the book no, on that? I'm not sharing anymore. <laughs> I do that to you. I'm such a bastard. No, I just wonder if it's more expensive or more difficult to manufacture with the camo scheme. Well, if you're going to build it big, if you're going to go big and you're going to go ahead and make it $500 plus, you might as well go with the really cool camo. I don't know. Maybe they bought silver covering in bulk, and they've got this huge roll of it there. They're like, how can we get rid of this? (laughs) I know. (laughs) We'll make this new airplane with a 10-foot wingspan. Bob and purchasing added too many zeros at the end of our order. Now we have 10,000 rolls of silver. (laughs) I know. That's awesome. Well, do, do do you agree, though, Terry? It would have been nice to see it in camo. Um, sure. I, I'm not particularly married to one or the other. And you could probably easily make it camo for yourself. Silver's a nice base coat. Yeah, yeah, spray paint yourself. <laughs> how, many, how many cans do you need <laughs> to spray paint a 10-foot wingspan aircraft? <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at this... Uh, it's like a still of a, a YouTube video of a like a home built kit, and boy, I mean, I'd like to see someone standing next to it. Right, it's, that's what I was hoping for in the video, but no such luck. Well, it's, it's kudos to them for making a big goofy plane like that. Hopefully, it sells well and get to see a few here and there. Looks like it'd be easy to yeah. fly. Yeah, and they don't seem nearly as aggressive with the larger one as they were with the the smaller one, flight demo wise. That is. Oh. oh, oh. All right. Moving on. Uh, the other aircraft we were reviewing uh, or dis- discussing, excuse me, is the, uh, the the version two of the Tower Hobbies Uproar. That, uh, well, in this case, <laughs> I call it a GORP. A, a glow GORP. or <laughs> glow or electric power. <laughs> this is a GORP aircraft. <laughs> um, Wait, hold on. Where's the R come from? Or. Lowercase oh, R. Oh, glow or... <laughs> EP. So it's capital G, Gorp. little lower. <laughs> Gorp. 
Hey, I, you can never work at NASA. With I'm, your <laughs> <laughs> I'm entertaining. By the way, you know today. where that works. Everybody comes up with a clever sounding acronym, and then they make up the words to go with it later. Look, if Fitz can make up the pronunciation of words, I can make up with acronyms. Okay, we all have a special talent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So, airplane. Talk about the airplane. Uh, it is uh, your gorp. A version two. <laughs> well, a gorp is just what kind it is. It's a Glower electric, but it's a 46 size acrobatic airplane, very clipped wings. Uh, I'm looking at the specs here. Wingspan is only 47 inches, and the plane is 48 inches long. <laughs> so, it's a square uh, plane. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, the, the airport has been around for, gosh, how long? I haven't uh, checked my little uh, history there, but I know it's been a long running aircraft. Anybody know how long the airport has been around? Not a clue. No, but I'm not that familiar. It's with. been a kit and an ARF in the previous. It's been a kit and an ARF in the previous version. What do you hmm. think? More than fifteen years? Um, I don't know. I wouldn't bet against that. Okay. So anyway, they just. Uh, I mean, they, they've made some improvements, obviously, to uh, to uh, make it easy as an as an ARF kit to be both uh, glow and electric. So it's got the hatch. Um, got some new winglets that are part of it. No, it's funny. This may be the airplane I'm thinking of, but there used to be a model, probably the R version of this, that in the instructions on their webpage or the description, it said, do not convert to electric. Yeah. And I think it was because this might have still been in NICAD days that there just wasn't room for it and people were trying to modify them. I'm not sure what spawned them to write that on there, but specifically said, you know, do electric. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> if I and saw now, that, I'd be like, oh, yeah? <laughs> Hold my beer, watch accepted. this. Hold my root beer, yeah. watch this. Right. And that's the funny thing. My uncle built one electric, and it flies great. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know why they would say that. I see here that um, it's been updated by Gary Wright, which was on our show some episodes back. That's, so he's been pretty active, apparently. He is a prolific designer. Well, one thing I'm noticing, I pulled up a, a very old photo of a the of a Tower Hobbies uproar. There do there were two kits. There was a 40 size and a 60 size, and I'm looking at the 40 size box here, and it was a 48 inches wingspan and only 42 inches long. So they reversed Uh-oh. they reversed the two. They made the uh, wingspan shorter and the length longer. They bigged it in V2. So sounds like a conspiracy. <laughs> well. I mean, if you were a fan of the airport, I mean, I, I've seen a couple at uh, some clubs years ago. Um, this is the kit I'm looking at, not an R version, so. Uh, I honestly, honestly don't remember ever seeing one. I may have. I just don't. It, uh, when I saw that, like, what? An uproar? I don't remember ever. Oh, it's just your average fun fly sport plane yeah. knockabout. Mm-hmm. Symmetric wing, you know, boxy fuselage. Yeah, yeah. Have fun on Saturday afternoon, kind of airplane. Oh yeah, throw it in, throw it in the trunk. Nothing wrong with that. (laughs) (laughs) Like your prom date? Oh, Oh. did I say that? (laughs) Wow! (laughs) Go! (laughs) You got me. That's what you think. (laughs) There's so much love, so much love in this podcast. Anywho, that's the uproar. <laughs> Thanks, Terry. Now I'm down. <laughs> the <rest of> the... 
I thought you thrived on, <laughs> on tension. <laughs> Anywho, uh, what else do we have, Terry? <laughs> um, what do you want to talk about? Oh, so now that we're all quad guys, right, there is a trend in the FPV quads to get smaller and smaller, whereas a year ago or more, the average size was a 250-millimeter class. Now they're getting to around 150 and even 110, or maybe smaller, I don't know. But there's the, what's it called? Bear with me. The Immersion RC Vortex 150. And I've got one here, and I'm going to test it out, and it looks pretty darn cool. So the trend that I'm seeing is not only are they getting smaller, but they're more integrated, if that makes sense. So when I built my 250 quad, you had to buy a separate flight controller and the the power board and all these different things and put together. And you can still do all that, and I'm sure a lot of people do, but it looks like what is being offered has most of those things built in. So if I understand what I've read so far, I really only have to add a satellite receiver and goggles, and I'll be good to go with this thing. You know, I'm looking at the specs, and the battery is only like 500 milliamp. What kind of runtime do you get on that? Um, I don't know. I'll let you know. But yeah, it's a 3S500. I think it's just scaling down. Yeah, it's a smaller so, uh, thing, I, less power. Yeah, yeah, less mass, well, less, uh, smaller motors. Energy density. Now this, Which I is would, great, because it's even cheaper. Those are inexpensive batteries. The quad itself isn't that much. Um, so, to me, the only downside to downsizing is that a line of sight flying is probably impossible with this guy. Ooh, yeah. For any kind of speed or maneuverability, you're not going to be able to tell which end is which if so, you can see the darn thing at all. Is, I mean, because of how it's really made. I mean, look, I'm looking at the pitch on those props. This is really not a little indoor flying thing. This is for racing outdoors, probably, right? That's I mean, a good question. I think there's the new um, quad from Horizon that's a 110, and they market it as indoor or outdoor, but I don't know if they mean indoor is the Astrodome. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, indoor house. I this cannot be an indoor house. No, no. no and way. it's funny that you mentioned that because I just finished up an article about indoor racing quads, and some of those, including the house racer that we've talked about, they can be flown indoors and they're better off indoors. But that doesn't mean your living room. I ended up setting up a course at a local community center, and that was about perfect. I would guess the room was about 40 by 40 and had a 20-foot ceiling, and that was more room than I needed. Well, it was my understanding that the 150 is a racing class, isn't it? Oh, yeah. That's the from what I understand. And I'm going to show my ignorance here, but it seems like that's the direction that the, the mainstream's going. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty obvious that we're not racing quad people, so it's our ignorance on certain aspects of it uh, but when I was looking over some of the features and stuff I was it's really interesting some of the things they're talking about and some of it's new to me some I uh, kind of half understand and they're, they're really toting the type of uh, flight controller this thing uses and how certain firmware is already preloaded and it's, it's got a 
Synergy F3 Fusion 32-bit flight control system with 8 kilohertz loop times. <laughs> I'm like, that's nice. What the hell does that even mean? <laughs> <laughs> does it go fast? <laughs> yeah. So obviously they're, they're marketing it to a certain crowd that really cares about all this kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, and I think it is the recent crowd. Um, and here's the neat thing about it. I haven't exercised any of this yet, and I haven't really gotten to the bottom of it. But you can change the video transmit frequency a number of different ways, including through your transmitter. Yeah, I saw that. There's like a, a, a remote near-field controller that you don't have to touch it to change your video transmitter channels or something or turn it on. Uh, it's got variable yeah. power to the video transmitter, uh, which is interesting. Odd, oh, right. Yeah, you can output whatever makes sense for your situation, whatever power. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of neat stuff that I'm totally new to because now my 250 class quad seems like it's made out of stone. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's got vacuum tubes and uh, uh, yeah, rubber right. bands powering the thing. Um, so I'm really interested to see what the new technology represents in terms of ease of build and then likewise performance. Um, I'm sure that it's more capable than I will be, but... Yeah. You know, just like with race cars, the, most of the people that buy them are just sportsmen. They're not the ones out there on ESPN. So th they have to make it where it's user-friendly for those people, and I'm those people. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm it's, excited to try it. It's funny. One thing I, I got to laugh at was that they advertise that it has 24-bit RGB LEDs, which means you can it has a 24-bit uh, selection of colors. And I did a quick calculation... And it's just over 16 million colors that you can set the LEDs to. Only 16 million. Only 16 million. I, I was really hoping for a good 24 million or something colors, but I guess 16 will do. It just, yeah, that's it's actually. just the first generation. Yeah. Give them time. Yeah, once they get to a billion colors, then I'll start getting excited. Just, just make sure you phase out all the blue. <laughs> <laughs> just turn that feature off. Right. Well, no, I want to segue into... Uh, Another uh, drone race type environment. Yes, you've got this little new one that's for indoor stuff, and you talked about a little community senator. Uh, but uh, yes, we are all flying <coughs> drones, <coughs> uh, multi rotors, quadcopters. I'm doing an event for my oldest son's Boy Scout troop. If you guys remember when we did EFest two years ago, they had an event called the Gauntlet or the uh, the Dramata Gauntlet, where I participated. You did. We have photos of you participating, and hopefully we'll have a link in our, our website and on Facebook of of the a video. The RC Sailors have a really good video they took of that uh, event, but it's really cool. They uh, can you I doctor it so that I win? <laughs> yeah, I'll just, instead of you holding up that uh, airplane, <laughs> the airplane, airplane. <laughs> well, Give me a big trophy. Yeah, exactly. I'll put a big trophy in your hand, or we'll just gold plate that plane. <laughs> I want to be standing on a pile of defeated competitors. Oh uh, well, the event uh, in a nutshell was uh, was it Tower doing it? Uh, was it Tower sponsored? Hobby Co. Great Plains Tower Hobby yeah, Co. There you go. Yeah, pick your version. Yeah. We have to come up with an acronym for those three. Hobby <laughs> Co. I'll work on it. Um, Tower but Co. They... What? Great Tower Co. Okay, Tower Co. <laughs> um, they had a little setup of of a course where you had to fly through uh, PVC shapes. And it was a race of four pilots racing the same Dromeda. Uh, which one was the? What version was that? I don't remember. 
I'm I using think the, that was pre Vista. Right? Yeah, it was the pre Vista. I'm using the Vista, but anyway, ominous. That's it. That's it. The ominous. So uh, these were what do you, what do you call them, medium size? They were they're geared brush motors, but yeah. you would have four pilots start at a, a starting line. The timer would go off, and the objective of the race is not timed, but whoever came across the finish line first, because you flew through a triangle, a square, a tilted square, um, you know, and you had to go around the circle and then land. And then the winners of all the rounds would race in a final round. And I forget what they gave away, but it was, it was neat. And there were a lot of people doing it. And, uh, well, I think what was really unique about it is that the pilots weren't static. You followed your, your model around the course to each of these obstacles. Yes, because it was easier to be behind your aircraft. So the orientation of your sticks was, easier than a, a one facing you. Yeah, because it was not FPV. That is correct. And that's what I'm going to do for the Scout. So we have, we're trying to work on the retention of our older Scouts. Um, in in history, Boy Scout history, when some Scouts got past first class, I mean, excuse me, yeah, first class, and they hit 14, 15, 16, their, their interests kind of changed, and there were a lot of dropouts, you know, and so the Scout masters got together and said, you know, we need to start planning events for the older kids that kept them, you know, involved with scouting. And they came to me and said, look, you know, these drone things are really cool. You know, can we get some drones and have them race and stuff? I was like, well, let's, let's back up. We're, we're not going to do FPV stuff and we're just, we're going to keep it simple. And I showed them a video of the eFest gauntlet race and they loved it. So, uh, through the help of Tower Hobbies, I've acquired four, um, Andromeda Vistas, the UAV kinds, purchased extra batteries and chargers. And so I think we have about eight adult, uh, older scouts that are going to participate this coming Monday in a uh, gauntlet course. And uh, we also have a prize for the uh, the winner. And and so far they're really interested. And what I really liked is that once I, I met with the older scouts and told them about this, and they all had a, a sample uh, flight with the Vista, uh, I then gave the job to one of the scouts uh, to set up the course with PVC. And, you know, he, he was a very quiet kid. And I was like, you have everything? He goes, yeah, I got it. I said, you, you know what we're going to do? How high? He goes, yeah, yeah, I got it. And then I was like, I hope he understands, you know, how to set this up. And then come the next week, he brought all the supplies in. And then he just took charge and got them all building the the course. And they were all participating. It was really neat to see these guys interested and in, in planning for this race. And when I when it was done and they had the course set up and you know the the obstacles weighted down so they don't tip over and stuff, um, they they were all like going see you Monday, Mr. Ray. <laughs> they're they're looking forward to it. So I'll I'll post some photos and uh, hopefully video too of the event. And uh, I can tell you right now, Austin doesn't qualify as one of the older kids, and he is so sad. <laughs> He's like, Ted, can I please raise? Can I please? Like, no. You can watch and you can videotape. He goes, Oh, come on, let me raise. Give me. It's like, no, because I know you'll beat them, son. <laughs> I mean, most of the kids have never flown one before. Uh, it was. I was going to ask. So they're going to go into this race cold. Have well, you never flown one before? They, fl- they flew. I-, I brought one of them there one day, and so I gave everybody a chance and explained to them the walking procedure. We have our meetings in a large. Uh, gymnasium for the church that we're uh, sponsored by so we'll have the the entire gymnasium to ourselves 
uh, we're going to have the other scouts go to another location. So we'll have the room in case something goes awry. But they all understand the concept. I showed them the video. So I, I think they'll do pretty well. And I'm, I also made sure that the the squares were very big. <laughs> for them to fly <laughs> the <through>. obstacles. Yeah. <laughs> the obstacles, yeah. You're not going to give them a chance to practice for a few minutes first? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I will. The, the only downside uh, is with cost is that I... I couldn't just buy, you know, 50 batteries and keep them all charged. So I, I do have to be careful on, on how they're they're drained and because, you know, charging lipos is not a five-minute thing. So uh, I've got three sets. It, yeah, it could be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just get a zip cord and stick it right in the wall socket. <laughs> <laughs> just have them all AC-powered. Uh, so, I mean, I, I've got to be careful with that. But I think we'll do okay. In fact, when we did our trial run, uh, practice run with everybody, we flew on one battery for every kid. Oh, yeah. That's good. Okay. What's the flight time? Like around 10 minutes for those yeah, things. About 10 minutes. And I think uh, the, yeah. the I have two different batteries, and they're around 700 milliamp. So how many props did you have to replace? Oh, I said 700. I apologize. I take that back. That's a, for my other quad. These are between 800 and 900. Um, I haven't re- had to replace any props. Sounds like they're doing pretty well then. Yeah. Um, and we'll have some guidelines on, you know, what to do if you get out of, you know. And I will say this about the Vista because I'm, I'm kind of reviewing it here. It's got a really good stabilizer. A really nice one. I, and, I, and when I told the kids, look, if you get lost, if, you, if, you, if it starts to drift or you just let go of the sticks, it will just... It'll, it'll be very stable. So I, I really do like the the feature on the Vista for that. Cool. Shoot some video. Well, like I, I said, Austin Austin is this... Blah, 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 blah. Let me try that again. My son, Austin, is the historian for the troop. So, and I mentioned to you, he picked up a 4K camera on Amazon, you know, a, a GoPro's oh, right. clone. And it's a knockoff, you mean? It's a knockoff, and it's really good. I like it, man. <laughs> so he got the whole setup. He bought one of those extra kits for like a head mount, a chest mount. It probably has a butt mount, too. I don't know. It's got <laughs> this whole suitcase of connectors. So, But he's got my GoPro. He's got that. I've got two run cams. I've got my Sony. So I'll be doing... I mean, we're going to have this thing well documented. In fact, he'll probably even attach one of the, the headsets to one of the pilots just to get that point of view. That should be fun. <laughs> I'm still stuck on a butt mount. <laughs> I mean, he had stuff all over him. You can see where you've been. There, there's one for his wrist, too. I'm not kidding you. They have mounts for everything. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll, I'll, I'll have pics and stuff next week. Right, so I'm interested to ask, because you just introduced several rookies to quad flying. My history has been people's natural tendency when they get uh, mixed up when flying a quad is to kill the throttle and come plummeting back to earth. You're hilarious. It's so I'm so glad you said that. I had maybe one or two scouts do that, but I had one scout who was completely opposite. I mean, when he was drifted far, I was like, okay, bring it back, bring it back. He was like throttling up and it was going way farther away faster. I mean, it was speeding up at a high rate of speed going away from us. I was like, that's not bringing it back. I mean, he was like trying to get a head start to like zoom back or something. I don't know. So yeah, it's it's different. But I will say to, to compliment these young, me- young boys, um, 
they were very attentive. They were paying attention. None of them just grabbed it and said, I know how to use it. Um, you know, give me that right. old man. <laughs> show you how it's done. I was, I was so waiting for that. Uh, and I will tell you, there's an adult of one of the, the kids who, uh, I, I talked to, he's one, he was another scoutmaster and he flies, uh, a couple of multi rotors. In fact, he's got a nice uh, camera platform. So he was going to bring his just to, to play around too. And I said, that's perfectly fine, you know, because it'll be good to have someone else, you know, showing them how to, how to do it. But, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I think I did a pretty good job. <laughs> but you darn get a badge it. for that? You get that old man compliment. <laughs> uh, hopefully someone's uh, trained in first aid. <laughs> we could kill two courses at one time. <laughs> what do you do when a multi-rotor slices the jugular? <laughs> Bob, show the class how to <laughs> seal the wound. <laughs> and according to my records, that's your third accent of the show. So we're going to see how high you can get. <laughs> oh, so that'll well, be good fun. for you, man. That sounds like fun. Yep. So I'm just throwing that out there to listeners. If you guys have an event, if you're trying to get some kids involved, um, I, I do believe this is a good quadcopter to work with. It's not very expensive at all. It's under hundred bucks. Comes with the transmitter, the quad, extra props, a battery and a charger, a USB charger. Um, and I'm actually thinking of getting the FPV one to see if it'll work with that new um, headset I have. Because I know Austin would like that. He's been wanting to put the little uh, cricket cam on his quad, but I think I'd rather get one that's integrated already. Okie dokie. Keep us updated. All right. On that note, I think we'll uh, take a break and be right back. Hey, Fitz? Yeah. Can you yodel? <laughs> Yodely-hoo. Is that what you mean? That was good. Yeah, I just I wanted to hear it with the echo. That was a little flat. A little boy's voice cracking. And now pitching is... So what are those big horns called? Ricola. Ricola. It's not that bad. I, you know, Terry's really exaggerating there. You're not no, that was, When he was closing out the last segment, there was one part that stood out. So I'm like, oh, that'd be funny if he yodeled for so many reasons. Well, I apologize for the audio quality. You've probably noticed that I'm a little more echoey than usual. Usual, usual. Usual, 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 usual. <laughs> Anybody there? 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 Uh, well, one of the nice things about moving is that you get to hear the nice new acoustics of your new place, which in my case have become really echoey. And I have Fitz had, bought a castle. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> the only <laughs> castle in, in Pearland. Come on, Lee, give me a Downton Abbey uh, accent. <laughs> Papa, I can't wait for this. the room is echoey. Papa, <laughs> so, I tell you though, man, being a hobbyist, moving is not fun. Did you make a special trip for your workshop stuff? Uh, pretty much. I had to. We had rented a big truck and moved all the furniture and that kind of stuff. I was like, okay, I just got a few things in the attic and that kind of stuff. 
Uh, maybe I'll, I'll rent a smaller truck uh, and move all the stuff out of the attic at once. Yeah, well, two truckloads later, I'm like, where the hell did I get all this stuff from? <laughs> yeah, you never know how much stuff you have till you have to move it. Yes, and I realize I've got too much stuff, so I'm going to have to find ways to start culling the herd and get ridding those old floppy disks I've had since the 80s and <laughs> 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 that kind of stuff. <laughs> Those 50 meg hard drives. <laughs> yeah, I found a box of hard drives. Like, well, look at this. What the hell? Is what's all you on these? Although I'm curious, though, for those old hard drives, I gotta hook them up and see what's on them, just out of curiosity. That it's is... like finding old rolls of film. Yeah, exactly. In fact, it may have stuff that's equivalent to old rolls of film because I've, you know, I've had a digital camera of one sort or another for for quite a while, 15, 20 years maybe, and. uh and I don't know where they are, and if I ever copy some of that stuff to CDs or whatever. So there may be some gold nuggets in there. Well, uh, the only advice I can tell you is if you have any 25-pin or Centronics parallel printer cables, you can throw those away now. <laughs> no, those are for my Commodore 64. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> Which I do have. I have a Commodore 64 and a VIC-20 and an Apple II, and that's going to be part of my vintage computer museum that I'm going to be Okay, and when you die, it'll be part of landfill. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I die, I won't care. But until then... He's going to be buried with it. <laughs> I'm going to play my Commodore 64. But it's funny. I got you know these kits and, and some models. I'm like, you know, what? I wonder what happened to that kit. There it is, you know. One of these years, i got to build this and that kind of stuff. So it's funny. Over the years, you, you collect all this stuff. And, you know, anybody who's been in the model airplane hobby for any length of time knows how easy it is to start getting a whole bunch of kits and stuff that you intend to build but never get to. Next thing you know, you've got stacks of this stuff. And you wonder, well, will I ever get to this? If I could make you feel better, Fitz, just remember, <laughs> your move is a lot better than if Richard had to move. Oh, duh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, if Richard had to move, you just you just pour gasoline on it and <laughs> start over. See, yours is more of a, a spring cleaning type move. His would be... A, <laughs> His is a, a nuke a, from a orbit move. Two-year move. <laughs> yeah. They have to be one of those where they come and pick up the whole house. Yeah, with a giant <laughs> helicopter. <laughs> Get Sky well, Crane out there and lift it up as a... <laughs> well, the sad part, I mean, the sad, sad realization, and we, I think we may have mentioned this in, you know, in passing because of, of the loss of Dave and in and, and talking with his son, you know, there's just so much stuff. Um, if someone, if something terribly happened to Richard and someone went through his stuff who wasn't a good friend, you know, those hoarder people would just pick it up and just throw it away. And for people like you and me, we would like, how could you think of that? Yeah, you know, really. <laughs> you know, some some people just don't understand the value of a lot of that. So it's sad. Yeah, it's some neat stuff. And you know, if Richard, you're listening, we love you. But you we do, know, man. Stuff. A lot of respect. <laughs> a lot of respect. You're going to come scampering out of your grave if we don't dispose of your stuff properly? <laughs> Well, I trust you guys, and I. And, and by the way, I left notes. Remember how? To, remember how <laughs> Keith was talking about how just there. I did. I left you. I, there are instructions written for you guys, <laughs> and as I, I'm mm. sure I said this before, the first thing is get rid of all the lipos. Okay, just <laughs> let's just take that fire hazard out of my workshop now, and you, they, they can buy new batteries down the road. But uh, you know, let's get rid of that, and then we're going to use them to cremate you. <laughs> Just puncture them with exacto knives. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh wow! There's my Viking 
you know, <laughs> throw, yeah, put a whole bunch of lipos on a boat and set it on fire. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Now, uh, now, the problem I made is I started moving some of my airplanes first, and so I put them in the garage, the new garage, and then we started moving everything else, and you can guess what oh, happened. No. Oh, no. Was there damage? No, I can't get to them because there's so much other stuff in front oh. of them. That it's a major effort to get to all my airplanes because I've I've got boxes and boxes of stuff all surrounding them, and like for example, there's a, a fun uh, a warbird flying this weekend. I said, okay, maybe I'll bring some warbirds, and I realized I can't get to any of my planes <laughs> without a major. But anyway, so uh, I just uh, I'm sort of almost planeless. I just I got a one or two planes that I can get to, and that's about it for now. Unless I really spend an hour pulling everything out of the garage, get to it, and then go back in. An hour? That's worth it. Yeah, I might do that. I don't know. Now, the good news is you're upsizing, right? Oh, yeah. It's a major upsize, which is really okay, nice. Okay, good. Yes. So now I can, you know, before the computer and plastic models and my and uh, electronics workbench are all in one room, basically on top of each other. So now I can spread things out. Uh, I'll temporarily use the garage as the... Uh, workshop because I'm in my old place actually had a little workshop in the backyard, but the new place has a larger garage, so it actually will be larger than my old workshop, which will be nice. So I look forward to setting things up and getting back in on the road. Well, cool. What's your estimated goal for for having everything squared away? <laughs> as soon as I can. Never. <laughs> oh, that's so non-committal. It'll never happen that way. <laughs> It'll be like me after the hurricane, where okay, I'm going to square things away, and I just never did, and I, that ended up being the new normal. Well, no, the good thing is, is I I will eventually do it. I, I I'm always I may not be very quick at it, but eventually I'll get tired of it, and I'll I'll say okay, that's it. Everybody out in the pool, I'm going to start making <laughs> changes out <of> here. <laughs> this new sheriff in town. Sorry, I'm thinking, <laughs> wondering if Terry's thinking what I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm never thinking what you're thinking. <laughs> but what are you thinking? Duty! <laughs> you remember that? Oh, that's um, Caddyshack. Caddyshack, yeah. Yes. Everybody out of the pool? <laughs> Just scream that real loud, Fitz. <laughs> no. No? Okay. Yeah, but I guess the, the, the first thing I had to do was find out how to get rid of this echo you're probably hearing. Well... You could ask Lee's advice on padded walls. He has some or needs some. Oh, he spent time in the uh, yes. asylum too. But, right. <laughs> <laughs> He's in his happy place right now. Lee, I understand you have started a new YouTube channel. I have. Many a year ago. <laughs> Changing my accent four. again. <laughs> I purchased uh, the domain Raviation. It's just a play. That's on clever. Thank you. Thank you. It's it's a play with Ray and Aviation. And in fact, I've already had two offers for the domain. So, um, but I, I bought it a long time ago. <clears throat> I just kept it for fun. It's something I thought I'd use eventually. But gosh, I think I've had it for like 10, 15 years. Wow. And when my kids needed email, I went ahead and set them up email for that. So that's been fun too. So they use uh, you know their names for that. And um, it just occurred to me that I have, you know, a YouTube channel for 
fun videos and stuff I've done of, of aviation events and just, you know, quirky things. And then I've got my Lee Ray photography, which used to be my business for a lot of, you know, weddings and portrait, but now I've switched it to aviation. So I have uh, kind of revamped the raviation.com site, and I've also created a Facebook page for Raviation, and I also have it linked to a new YouTube channel called Raviation. So my goal is to start, you know, using that name to push more full-scale and model aircraft stuff. And I've already added a, a review for the Tower Hobbies uh, P-51 on the channel. Uh, so that's that plane's been reviewed. And then I've uh, created a little like how-to. But I'm also, this is news to you guys, I'm working on a thunder and lightning build at this time. So hopefully maybe by next week I'll have a, a complete video on the thunder and lightning up and running. Oh, that'd be really nice. Cool. So you have your own personal YouTube channel now. Are you oh. breaking up the band? No, I mean I had, I still had an old channel. I mean I've linked a lot of stuff to that, but you know Fitz has his hobby view. You have yours, so um, I just figured this would be better to, to focus on aviation instead of some of the stuff I do for the kids and you know stuff I share with family. This is going to be dedicated to air shows and stuff. So there you go. I hope to use it more often and, and really get some stuff out there. No, I'm not leaving you guys. <laughs> Whatever Yoko. <laughs> I'm stuck with you. <laughs> and speaking of events, uh, Fitz, there was that uh, email we got about a, one in Conroe coming up. Do you have that information in front of you? Uh, I don't. I didn't print it out. Uh, it was a hybrid, right? It was a full-scale air show and a model air show? Yeah, and they were asking if, you know, they asked us as RC Roundtable if we wanted to attend and, uh, you know, have our presence there. And then we talked about uh, if there was, I think he'd asked us if we had any uh, flying demo we wanted to do. I was like, man, we should jump on that. So we're going to look at that event in Conroe. I mean, I, I can look it up right now, I guess, and, and see if that's something we can, gosh, I don't know if it's on this email, though. You should tell him. So we would, but Fitz doesn't want to move his boxes, so we'll pass. <laughs> but it's uh, Madero. Aviation Festival and Air Show, June 2nd through the 4th, Conroe North Houston Regional Airport, and um, it's a full-scale and RC event, and they've got pictures of people singing, people talking, people building, and drones. So anyway, should be fun, and we're going to try to make our presence there. Do they have funnel cakes? I don't know, but I'll we'll inquire. Okay, let that, me know on that one. That makes it a, a complete event, funnel cakes. Yeah, okay. It's not an event until there's funnel cakes. <laughs> well, we have gotcha. the contact information for the director of ops, so we can always email him, ask him for funnel cakes. Okay, I'm sure you can put it. that on your list <laughs> in the green room. That's on our writer. <laughs> Red M and M's and funnel cakes. I'm sure he solved all the other problems for the event, and he can answer us about funnel cakes. What you know? If he doesn't agree to funnel cakes, how? What is the minimum? <laughs> yeah, that's just our burger. Donuts <laughs> is donable. Donuts sort of for kolaches. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll send more information about that and put it on our Facebook page. So that begs the question: Have you ever flown an RC airplane when there are full scale planes on the ground nearby? I think I'd be very nervous about that. I have never done that. And that's, I'm, we mentioned this in one of our podcasts. I was really surprised when they were flying uh, model airplanes during uh, Oshkosh. 
Because right. uh, we talked to uh, Austin about that, and I was like, wow, that is really neat. I mean, that's... No, Lee, remember we were flying indoor planes in the hangar at one of your swap meets? Oh, you mean for the B-17? Yeah, and that was a full scale. Yeah, well, it was indoor stuff. I'm talking about using the runway or, or using uh, the tarmac. Isn't that what you meant, Terry? Yeah, I would guess. I think there's um, in Midland or one of the Confederate Air Force, excuse me, commemorative Air Force places, they do some indoor flying around the old warbirds. But I would just imagine that indoor planes are light enough that it's not really a concern. But outdoors, a 40-size trainer will punch a nice-size hole in a wing. Hmm. So, I don't know. I'm just being grumpy, but... Well, you know, and I'm, like that would, I'm surprised I haven't really mentioned this because this is like where, like, Lee, did you just completely forget that I take pictures of RC planes flying at uh, Ellington <laughs> for, you know, wings over Houston? I mean, <laughs> yeah. And they're flying jets, too. So, yeah. uh, but they pretty much have the runway to themselves and everything is behind them. So, yeah. they're facing out. And I mean, I think, and, and the pilots they choose are are, well, experienced. So... They're they're restricted on where they need to fly, and, I, and like last year, they threw the they flew the three D planes way out there. They were not close right. over the crowds. Yeah, I don't judge anybody who chooses to do that. I'm just wondering if I could be comfortable myself doing that, and I, it would depend on how close the other planes are, the full scale. It just popped in my head when you said that. Oh, okay. I hope I made this comment to you guys on the side, and I sent it into the suggestion, but. I, I know some of the guys who fly the aircraft during Wings Over Houston, and I photograph them, and I, I give them the, the photos. But what disappointed me this year was that they flew a lot of uh, 3D helicopters and planes and not enough Warbirds. And I was disappointed that I saw Mike label with his B-24 on static display and that he wasn't asked to fly it. And... He should. I mean, they should be flying more warbirds out there. And in fact, I'm almost certain there are pilots in Houston that have scale replicas, uh, model scale replicas of aircraft that fly during wings over Houston. They should be flying out there. So I hope yeah, the the P forty seven that's based there. Uh, there's an ARF of that, isn't there? The Tar Heel Hal. Oh, there, yeah. And they didn't. And that's just kind of disappointing. I think the kids would love to see planes that they're seeing up close, you know, in all its glory, to see it flying as a model airplane. That might interest them into getting into the hobby to say, hey, I can't own the real <laughs> B-17, but I can fly one. You know, and I, I just, that's just a little thing I, I hope they, they fix. And that's why I kind of like the Warbird event and, you know, this thing coming up in Conroe. I think you can fly stuff like that and really get the kids interested. Stuff the suggestion box. Well, and this is... Here's the other thing I didn't tell Terry, but it's hilarious that it's coming full circle after the text I sent you with your article in Model Aviation this month that, that I was tricked by... I saw that picture of that C-47 towing, uh, you know, something behind it. I was like, man, they stole our idea. Then I realized it was yours. You know, it's your C-47 and your, and your Waco glider. So... I um I told uh, Fitz I said that's what we should do for this event is you know show kids some of the really cool technical things that really happen and do an arrow tow and I was going to use the the Pawnee this time. There you go. Yeah, Pawnee would be perfect because it they really use those for towing gliders. Yeah, so hopefully you have something that we can connect to the Pawnee and and put a show on. 
Yeah, I think I do. By the way, that wasn't my article. That was written by Larry Cruz. It's about the Warbird event that we have here in Lubbock. He just happened to take a picture of me. Yes. I And, I, and my Waco. Yeah. Waco Waco? Your Waka Waka? No, no. There's, <laughs> there's no variables there. It's just Waco. <laughs> CG4? Is that right? Yes, CG4. Okay. A cargo glider for a... Yeah, something like that. It's neat. And I would love to see other ones because I... <laughs> I produce plans for it, so I would be happy for other people to to copy that. Hmm. Legally, of course. <laughs> I'll write that down. <laughs> the legally part. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In well, quotes. <laughs> asterisk. Tiny print. Well, speaking of legal, I understand, Lee, you have an update for us on a Taylor case? Yes, I'll try to make it quick uh we will put i already did put a link on facebook when i got the news the day uh john taylor had his court date against the faa and there there's an audio file i hope if you're listening now you'll click on that link and then download that audio file and listen to the recording uh in my opinion uh, and John had mentioned he was really stuck for time and he had to stick to points that he thought were important. Uh, important. Um, I think it kind of started off slow for John and the judges were hitting him hard on some issues. So at, if you listen to it, you kind of go, well, that didn't sound really strong. But boy, when the FAA came up to start talking to the judges, they, <laughs> pardon my expression, but they got her good. I mean, <laughs> They, That's an expression. I mean, I there are two quotes. There are two quotes that I, I think I wrote in the comment section of the post that you know the judges just said you can't just make things up. I mean, when you hear a judge say that to him, <laughs> you just, what I've been saying. He just years now. it's like well, yeah, it was awesome. So I mean, uh, you, there were some things I wish John had said, but the judges just picked up on all those loose ends that the FAA just kind of you know ignored, and and the one guy said you know. How can you mistake this interpretation? I mean, he, he was just basically saying it's pretty cut and dry. You can't guess what you thought Congress meant. You can't, you know, it says here, you no, know, you cannot change the rules. And that's exactly what you, so you listen to the second half and you just applaud and it, it's really good. And I think John kind of left saying, you know what? I think at the end, we really looked good. We, the, the, the main purpose was to make them aware of rule 336. They really just, uh, you know, ignored us and, we won't have a ruling, I think, until July. But it, if 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 I'm going with my gut, it sounds like a win. And a lot of people on the RC Groups page also agreed. So I'm hoping, guys, that uh, this is a some good news coming for us in July. Okay, I have a couple questions. Number one, I admit that I have not listened to the audio. Um, what's it like? Is it entertaining, or do you have to sift through to, to pick out the good points? I would never say entertaining. <laughs> it's not it's not something you like you know like what you're doing now, listening to us, and it's entertaining. No, it's it's a little bit of dry. But if you are passionate about this situation and how important we separate the hobby from scale aircraft. And, and quit treating like everything as an airplane. I mean, John made that point. If you if the FAA is going to say everything that flies is an airplane, then you're going to have to start banning paper airplanes and frisbees. You know, he he did get to throw that in there, 
you know, and that's good. So if you're really serious about Rule 336 and how you feel about it, it's, it's not entertaining, but it's, it's, um, I, find me a word, Terry. Informative. More than that. Fascinating. You, you fascinate, well, you get, you get caught up into it. Um, compelling. Compelling is a great Inspirational. word. Inspirational. Compelling. I'll go with that one. Thank you. Thank you, okay. Terry. Mr. Supercalifragilistic espialidocious. Uh, no. no. <laughs> Terry, Terry wins. <laughs> so I hope that answers that question. Yes, yeah, she will listen to it the whole way through. Okay. Well, here's your, your assignment. Okay. I want you to, to summarize the high points and make a five-minute recording in a Scottish accent for the rest of us. <laughs> I can't do that. All right. But while I have you here and while I scroll down, I'm going to tell you a quote that I wrote down on RC roundtable's facebook page because i think this is a key uh point that was made do, do, do. okay but i still have one more question all right, so after that come back all right go ahead go ahead go ahead i can do my question okay so this whole case if i'm not mistaken is about the registration that the faa instigated yes and still you know so let's say he does win what does that mean the, What's hope, the result the hope is that Anybody who is flying for hobby or recreation will no longer have to register. It will have no effect on Part 107. People who are flying for commercial purposes, I have no issues with the FAA requiring people who fly a drone for money for, for when they're flying aircraft over people, you know, that I think you should register. Okay. I think you should be responsible. There's a higher standard there. Sure. Okay. But if you are taking your airplane to your local club, and you're flying your, you know, 46, you know, four-foot wingspan aircraft in a circle, <laughs> having fun, I don't think you should have to register your aircraft. If you're flying for, as it says, hobby or recreation, it should never apply to you. So hopefully they will drop that new registration policy and just make it so you have to earn a Part 107 well, this case is challenging the legality of that rule, so I would think if he wins that the FAA would have no choice but to repeal that yes. registration. Yes, unless for okay. some reason their lawyers, I mean, their lawyers come up with some kind of reply that says, well, <laughs> but we have this. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, it was already, <laughs> I don't know already because I was like, when I saw this ruling come out, you know, what, two years ago? When you, you even wrote an article about it before then. Who would have thought it got it would have gotten this far? Nobody. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see because some things that I've read indicate that in cases like this that kind of challenge the authority of a government entity, um, the courts tend to side with the government, if you can imagine. So when there's questions about certain technical things or how they're applied, they view that agency as the, I guess, as the expert and tend to give them the benefit of the doubt. So, but from what you're telling me, it sounds like the judge aren't so quick to do that in this case. So I hope you're right. Me too. Go, John. Go, John. And thank goodness he, he stepped up. There have been some other, yeah, right? a couple other articles I've read where people have, uh, you know, heard about this and said, boy, this this guy alone has decided to continue his case, and luckily he's been able to, to do it. He hasn't been uh, 
scared away or, you know, threatened, I guess. I mean, I'm sure there's, you know, lots of ways lawyers can kind of make you feel like it's not worth it. But he didn't. He didn't give up. And, um, Did you wake up with a stallion in his bed? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Did Fitz fall in the moat? I'm here. The quiet. Okay. I don't have much to add. So. Here, here's one thing I'll mention. A judge actually said during the hearing, that's a bizarre reading <laughs> to the FAA. <laughs> that is not a good sign. <laughs> And I tell I've I put a comment in uh, John Taylor's RC Group's thread that if you listen to the judge talk at the twenty fifty eight mark, uh, that stuff is golden. So if you have to is fast, it one judge or a panel of judges? Two judge. It would sound like two judges. Okay. So if you start there, if you just don't want to listen through everything, if you go to twenty fifty eight and listen to what he has to say, that's our defense right there. But you know it is what it is. And judges get themselves in trouble when we start fooling around. There are some judges that I can point to naturally who would say, well, this is what Congress said. This is what Congress said. And you have, by as good voters as you have, you have it framed. If the model is within these five, you're done. That's that. That's what Congress said. Now, does that make sense? I don't know. But I suspect if I were you, I would find ways to work within those five and come up with a regulation that would include safety considerations and squeeze it in within so that it doesn't. Well, I mean, but I don't see how you can say, the argument is very strange to read. We had the authority before. We didn't exercise right. it. So there's no pre-existing regulation. We never regulated. Now the statute says, don't regulate. You had none, don't do any unless you meet the five criteria. And you're saying, well, all that means is we can quickly do it now, but going forward we can't. That, that just doesn't work. Well, I wouldn't write anything like that. I, I'd be laughed out of the business. We can't write something like that. So it's only two judges? It sounded as if I only heard two. There may have been another. What's that judge on the what? Supreme Court who never says a thing? <laughs> yeah, Clarence Thomas. Yeah, Clarence Thomas. Uh, there might be one of those, but as far as I could tell, there were just two judges. So what if they disagree? Do they thumb wrestle to see how they decide the case? I don't, I, I'm sorry. I, I don't know. There may have been three judges there, and one just didn't talk. Or or two of them sound very similar. Uh, one was one was closer to Maybe the mic. Maybe it's one guy, and he, he kept doing different accents. <laughs> he threw his a, voice. <laughs> an aspiring ventriloquist. <laughs> oh boy, this 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 little section ran on much longer than I owned. <laughs> <laughs> well, but to be fair, it's uh, very light on actual meaningful content. So, <laughs> so Lee, I see you had an incident in your shop recently. I did. I am sad. Cured a, I'll bet. Care to tell the story? Uh, I was young. <laughs> <laughs> foolish. <laughs> I was foolish, yes. <laughs> Needed the money? Foolish. <laughs> Carefree and careless. <laughs> I, uh, this was two weeks ago. Oh, gosh darn it. I had that beautiful uh, Pilatus Porter that was built <laughs> by Pat Trittle that I got from Graben's estate sale. And it was one of those like love-hate relationships because I knew I'd have to do work on it, but it's just so meticulously built. You know, it's, it weighs nothing. It's a feather. And Yeah, that is Pat's reputation. He does not build robust airplanes. He builds 
very nice but very lightly built airplanes. Yeah, they're not meant for anything over five miles an hour. <laughs> I mean, really, it, it's it's a beautiful aircraft. It's got you know working flaps, and I mean, it's it's something I I don't think I would ever be able to build in, in that quality. But I had it, and I was like, I've always wanted a Pilatus Porter. And it's, it's like one of those big free flight rubber band powered airplanes, just made RC kind of the way it's constructed. Well, yeah, and he builds free flight models too, right? Oh yeah, it's just two high tech fifty fives, you know, in the fuselage that look amazingly tiny when you when you open the hatch. It's like wow, it's, it's very roomy in there. And then there's fifty uh, fives in the wing for the flaps and the aileron. And uh, I, it needed some work, and I had just I God, I kid you not, I had just finished repairing the wings in the garage because I had I have two workbenches going on right now. So I finished the wings. I had moved the fuselage in my workshop. Uh, just I, I had was sorting through lipos. I moved my my Pilatus porter, and I had a ladder leaning against my work area workbench. Uh, and I just grabbed. I was grabbing something, or I swiveled my chair. The ladder tipped over and just crushed the tail on the Pilatus Porter. And I took a photo and posted it. And man, I, I, I'll tell you, you're talking about your echo chamber in your, your room right now, Fitz. <laughs> you could hear expletives, you know, a hundred times over. And, and I didn't, it's like, I didn't move, but all the words came out, you know, I didn't throw anything. I've learned my lesson on that. You know, throwing thing doesn't help anymore, but boy, I just, oh, I could not believe what had happened. And, you know, if you look at the photos, it, it's nasty. Now it is repairable. And in fact, uh, just in the past few days, I was able to uh, remove the rudder, which is actually in good shape. I was surprised I didn't do more damage to it. Uh, but the elevator and um, stab are completely smashed. The stab's going to have to be rebuilt from scratch. And the fuselage only had like three string uh, stringers broken. So I've actually finished the fuselage. Um, but he does a pull-pull not only on the rudder but also on the tailwheel. And it's just so pretty. You know, he's got these tiny little aluminum collars, you know, that tie the strings on and everything. So... I'll have to redo that. But the good news is the tail actually looks pretty good. So it's just going to require me to go to the hobby shop to grab some really tiny balsa uh, and and create a new stab. But, yes, it is repairable. I will have it in the air. But that's hanger rash for you. So have you guys had any incidences like that? Well, I want to follow up. Uh -oh. We were talking about how lightly designed Pat Truddle's models are. But when a ladder falls on your airplane, I don't think it matters. <laughs> so it could have been one of those early ARFs that's made out of you know, all quarter-inch ply, and it was still going to break. Well, I'm waiting for someone to say, hey, what did you have a ladder in your room for? Why did you leave a ladder out? It was just a, li it was just a little step ladder, you know? <laughs> and who'd have thought? And, you know, yes, why did you leave the plane on the floor? I mean, come on, guys. I mean, Fitz and you, of course... Are are experiencing this experiencing this right now with your move and having models all over the place, and I'm sure you too, Terry. But you know, sometimes you just can't avoid <laughs> a little bit of hangar rash. Was it slow motion watching the it ladder fall? It was slow, man, Terry. <laughs> you were slamming. No, I mean, I just saw that thing tip it over. I mean, and I couldn't move. I was just frozen. Now, if it was my kid, I would have grabbed it. <laughs> you know, sure, sure. 
but oh my gosh, it was. And uh, <laughs> this wasn't hanger rash, but you know, speaking of little problems, poor little Ryan, when he was like three years old, I was flying my thunder and lightning out, and it landed, and he ran over to go get it, and then he tripped and put his w- hand through the wing. <laughs> and as much as I wanted to yell at him, it was the cutest little thing to go. I got it. I got it. Boop. <laughs> <laughs> You got it all right. Yeah. Uh, you reminded me of a story. I nearly obliterated the tail of one of my planes once um, during a move, as a matter of fact. Uh, I was had moved to my first house up, when I, up in Fort Worth, and I started putting some planes in the garage already built. I had a Piper Cub, fairly large size one. I think it was like a 60 size or 40 size, something like that. And uh, I had set up everything, and I went to close the garage door. And it's an automated garage door, and I hadn't realized that the cub was not all the way in the garage. Oh, no. <laughs> so the tail was just sticking out a little bit. And, yeah, the door crushed the tail of the plane. <laughs> That's another thing, you know, I, I didn't notice it until I hear, what's that sound? No! <laughs> oh, no. That's awful. <laughs> I have, not to, I don't think it was any of you guys, but I remember, like, finishing flying and I was walking back to my truck and I had the tail in front of me and I was walking to it and I just, I mean, my peripheral just completely was gone. I just ran the rudder right through the piston, you know, the little hatch piston (laughs) and just tore it right off. (laughs) Again, one of those, you just put your head down and you just, (laughs) what the hell? (laughs) Terry? I can't, I'm trying to think. Oh, come on, Terry. I've trashed plenty of airplanes, but and think of of examples where I did it in the garage or the, in the house. How about Nothing like comes to mind? No, come on! You haven't like had a damage in carrying a plane to the field. You know all that squeaky foam when you're traveling. You haven't had. Some... <laughs> <laughs> it's um, funny. Fitz and I were talking about that. It's like we, when we went to Best, we were surprised. I don't think anything was squeaking. No, it was you and was it you and me, Terry, or was. When we were going back, oh no! When uh, excuse me, Fitz, when we were coming back from Graben's estate, yeah. we were like, "Hey, there's no squeaky <laughs> going on." We had yeah, a lot of planes easy. back there, <laughs> so I don't think we had any rub damage back there. The only instances I can think of for me are times when I accidentally armed the throttle, either in the shop or carrying an airplane, and I was, you know, trying to avoid death. <laughs> I had my T-28 plow across the workbench into other models you know, setting up the radio I reversed the throttle channel and I shouldn't have done that so now I know you take off the prop and uh, there was another time at the field walking back with a model transmitter in one hand model in the other and as I walked the, I bumped the throttle stick and things came to life really? so i threw the airplane you just have never stepped on a plane dropped a i'm plane. sure i have but i think i blacked out and <laughs> blotted out the memory so if we hypnotize oh, the... you if we hypnotize you and say terry on that date you're yeah. <laughs> you're holding your thunderbolts what happened yeah, no might... no no don't <laughs> remind me <laughs> we're having a breakthrough a traumatic experience we might find out he's had like 10 or 20 <laughs> crashes. They just completely blocked yeah, you him out. might find out more about me than you ever wanted to know oh no where are the bodies buried so, anyway yeah I, I hate to to let you down but I don't think I have much to share on that one Mr. Perfect here no no far from it 
I, I maybe I'm the guilt. I've, I've had more hanging rash lately than maybe it's my old eyes just not failing me. In fact, I just uh, I'll admit this just uh, what, about two three days ago. Remember that uh, Kyosho kit I got from Richard Fitz? Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah, rebuilt the. the, the I started rebuilding plane. the tail, and it's, yeah. I don't know if you saw the photo. I put some before and after photos, but it's coming along real nicely. And I just finished the rudder, and I was stepping over to go get some monocoque across that huge pile of planes, and I snapped the rudder. Just a, just a little uh, bit. It wasn't bad, but you know, <laughs> just I looked at my shoe and said, "Curse you, shoe!" <laughs> the shoe's yes, fault. Sure <laughs> Damn shoe. Uh, anyway, so I I'm very guilty of that. All right. So here's a slightly related question. When you, um, let me put it this way, you had your shop designed, right? It's been built per your specifications. Yes. How many years have you been in it? Uh, this is fourth. We just moved in here four years ago. So four years later, what would you have done differently if you knew then what you know now? I like my workshop a lot. I do. I, I really don't have a problem with it. I mean, I do have a lot of stuff in there. So um, there's some areas I wish I could get around the battery table better. But that's just because I have uh, some stuff laying there, like the RC cars. I, I keep probably... I should probably hang them up or something, but no. And and technically, the only problem I have in my workshop is that I had this really nice uh, utility sink installed, which is great. But the the problem, the draining problem with the utility sink is that it was built for a sink that's taller, and they they set the plumbing for a sink that sits higher, and so the well, the 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 pocket of the the utility sink is so low that it doesn't drain as fast. Uh, because it's right next to the P-trap. So okay. that's just those, you know, as far as if you were to ever get plumbing done in your workshop, if you ever had that done, if you had like a utility sink, you got to make sure they lower the, the plumbing lines. So I'm putting that out there because technically it's a problem that it's bothered me. But no, I've got a lot of light in there. Uh, I might change out my fluorescence with LEDs soon just to have a little more efficiency. You know I've got that thing extremely lit. So oh, yeah, it's like the surface of the sun. <laughs> it's great. No, you know, I, I get to see everything. But no, I do like it. In fact, just for the radiation videos that I'm making, I've rotated my table out. And I don't know if you've got to see one of the videos, but now it, it I, it's on sliders, so I can pull the table perpendicular and do videos, hmm. which is real simple. And if I need to you know, push it back, it's very easy. So it's perfect to just uh, go back and forth. Hmm. Okay. I was just wondering if your hanger rash woes <clears throat> were due to some inadequacy of the shop. No, you know, I like you, if you've seen photos, if I need to put photos up there, I will. But I have an L-shaped workshop, so the, the, the bottom L corner is where I store all my planes. And uh, there, you know, the big planes sit on the floor there, so I kind of have to move them around. But that's just one of the problems you have of having too many aircraft. Uh, yeah. I like the racks I have, so all the planes that sit on the the shelf brackets are perfect. I, I rarely have any issues with them. It's typically the Pawnee and the Orca, the, the larger planes that are hard to move around. So what do you do about that? I mean, if you have a large plane, where's it going to go? Right. As they say, you've got 10 pounds of poop in a 5-pound bag. <laughs> What's the largest plane you guys have? I mean, you got rid of the bird dog, the glow dog, excuse me, because that one was pretty big. Right. That was a 72-incher. Uh, good question. I'll have to look. I mean, and those aren't even big. I mean, just think about Mike Label. <laughs> Where do you put right. that B-24? 
Yeah, it's a big one. Does it just stay in a hangar? I mean, a, not a hangar, but a, a trailer or something? No, he has a workshop. I don't think so. Mike has a workshop of sorts that he keeps it in. And that's where, it's his garage, right? Yes, he uses his garage as a workshop, so he's got space for it. Maybe we need to ask him how he hangs his B-24 up and, you know, share the photos of it. I wish I could remember, because I've, I've seen it before, but I don't remember where he put his B-24. Well, he had a B-24 and a B-25 at one point. Oh, that's true. But we'll have to ask. It was a, um, a project that he did with another guy. Herman and I thought they kept part in Herman's shop and part oh, in Mike's. Yeah, shop. they may have. I think they did do that for a while. I might have made that up. I, I think know. he did it for a while, but now that he's down a bomber, I think he's got everything in his place. Oh, okay. Remember he crashed a B twenty five. It's like so, blackmail. You can't fly the B twenty four without the fuselage. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of was sometimes. I think there was a one or two Wait, times. Was that six or seven? <laughs> I lost track. My pen ran out of ink. <laughs> yeah, I think there was a one or two times where he wanted to fly it, and then he got vetoed by you know, the other guy. That's <laughs> <Yeah>, too windy. <laughs> Anyways. So you never answered your the question, Fitz. Do you have large planes, and where do you put them? Oh, I do. I have a couple of 80-inchers, um, and they were they were – Distributed in various locations of my old house, somewhere in a garage, somewhere in a, a shed I had built uh, for extra storage. Uh, and so I was able to kind of move them around. But the, my problem was working on them was a pain because my actual workshop was really small. We're talking 10 by 12 shed kind of thing. And it was really kind of a pain to maneuver a six-foot wingspan when you've got only 10 feet of distance uh, and you got tables and bookshelves and all kinds of stuff so uh, I, yeah but storage wasn't that much of a problem for me and uh, so we'll see and it's even better now once everything get cleaned up cleaned up and that kind of stuff but it, it is a I wanted to really get into larger planes at one point and then I started realizing you know these things are kind of a hassle uh, plus my car is not all that big either and so um, I sort of backed off on any future large-scale projects. Well, I see some really cool photos of people's uh, hangar setups. You know, some of them are, are complete garages, you know, two-car garages. And, you know, it's amazing how they've created, you know, s supports for wings and fuselages and seem to have a path to walk around there. Yeah, and I've been looking at that, too, because I'm looking for ideas for storage. And I've already started putting some planes up on the wall in the garage using a, a, a shelf not hooks, what do you call them? Shelf supports? You know what you these... Like shelf brackets? Shelf brackets. You mean like, like they're, mine? They're like triangular-shaped shelf, shelf brackets. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can take shelf brackets and you put on the the, the foam insulation they use on pipes. Like I do. Yeah, like... <laughs> I'm going to keep saying this. Both of y'all have seen my racks for the, the planes. Yeah, you've got a nice rack. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Racks. <laughs> you've got nice racks. I've got nice racks. Save them. Uh, I will tell you, I've recently started bringing planes into my office in my house, so I'm mm -hmm. I'm starting to hang them around the ceiling, just like Dave did. <laughs> oh, gonna... uh, how does your domestic partner feel about that? It's my office, so as long as it's not seen by her friends coming over, we're good to go. So I, is that what you tell her? It's my <laughs> office. Well, yeah, I'm putting the PBY right there. I'm pointing, you can't see it, but my PBY is going right above my head. I started hanging plane, a few planes in my house on 
basically picture hooks using uh, by their landing gear. So they were basically looked like they were stuck to the wall. Uh, it actually worked out pretty good for a couple of jets. <laughs> Come on. If if I wish Keith were here, because I love the plane hanging in his room. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, it does. In his bedroom, too. That was it's, awesome. It's amazing but, his wife lets him get away with that. <laughs> that's certainly a no-go in my house, but that was just, that was neat. Well, in his defense, all of his airplanes are a lot prettier than any of ours. Well, that's true. They're kind of artistic. So um, We have to do a retraction <clears throat> from the last episode. You have to do a retraction. Me? Yeah. It's your fault. You posted it. Okay, fine. Yep. So, And Fitz has to do uh, a retraction on his uh, Spitfire. Wait, what? Which part? The 10 by 10. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, that wasn't on the podcast. That's in his video. I know, but he should do it now. He should apologize to everybody. <laughs> <Okay>. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a grave mistake. <laughs> Someone's going to put a 10 by 10 on their little front. Zoom! <laughs> Show a picture of <laughs> The mushroom cloud. <laughs> <laughs> copper wires flying behind. <laughs> All right, sorry. Go ahead, Terry. Retract. Retract, Terry. Okay. I'm backpedaling. So on the last episode, we speculated that um, the flight test after hours was going away, and we were completely wrong. Or, excuse me. I was completely wrong mm-hmm. on that. It sounds like they're just um, changing venue and carrying on about their business. So we take these airs very seriously, so I have fired our entire fact-checking staff, and uh, they will be replaced soon. Well, on that bombshell, good night, everybody. <laughs> You're not going to confess your prop sense? No. It wasn't on <laughs> the podcast. Deny, at least, deny, deny. At least confess on the comment section. I will. I'm going to update Say, it. I was, start with, I was wrong. <laughs> I was almost the first victim. Sorry, I, I'm gonna I'll, I'll update the video and stuff. Put a little note in the video and says. I can't. I kid you not, though, Terry. I was like, I, I literally when he said ten by ten, I said ten by ten out loud. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm like, wow, he's really pushing. That I don't know why result. I said ten by ten. I think eventually I put a uh, either an eight by ten on it for the speed runs on the crazy wing or nine by ten. Eight by ten. Yeah, they make Do they it. Make an a, eight by ten prop. I had a special order from APC Pop. Yes. How big is the hub? <laughs> to no, get that it was pitch. that bad. It <laughs> added twenty miles per hour to the speed of the crazy wing when I did that. See, when Holy when smoke. when yeah. Fitz said he was running like a third throttle or something like that, and I was like, I can believe it. So don't you dare go to half throttle. <laughs> rip that thing to pieces. <laughs> well, thanks for listening, guys. I'm Lee. <laughs> He's Terry, <laughs> and over there is Fitz. We sure did like having you listen to our show. Good day. Please visit our website at rcroundtable.com where you can send us comments and suggestions and listen to our other great podcasts. Those who live in Las Vegas can listen to us over the radio at the all-new Magic 97.9 FM, KIOF LP Las Vegas.